Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. But today on the show, we are doing a very special, first-of-its-kind special episode. Joining me is Josh Bell and Jason Harris from Awesome Movie Year. And what we're doing today, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that at the beginning of every month, we take a look at trailers for the upcoming month's movies, and do little mini-conversations just talking a couple of puzzle pieces apiece on some of the movies that are coming out, just to kind of get a little preview of what's going on. And Jason Harris always joins me for those. And Jason and a bunch of other people have been saying over the years that I've been doing this show that I should do some TV once in a while. And I haven't really done it. We did do a kind of goofy, silly, fun episode on Peacemaker a few months ago, but other than that, I haven't really done any TV, and Jason was saying to me recently, there's so many limited series coming out, we should at least do a trailers episode on some of the limited series that are coming out, and that's what we're doing today. So this is not like a regular episode of Piecing It Together, it's sort of like one of our trailer episodes, but it's about TV limited series. So just know if you're new to the show, this is a, maybe a one-time thing. Maybe it'll turn into a monthly thing. We'll see how people like it, uh, but it's not the usual format, but we do hope you enjoy it. We had fun talking about these shows. Uh, so yeah, we're going to get into those in a second. Before we get to them, I do want to remind you to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods or Podchaser, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit that five-star button. We'd really appreciate that. And uh, follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join the Facebook group Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. So with all that said, let's talk about some TV shows. All right, so today we're doing something a little bit different. We got Jason Harris and Josh Bell from Awesome Movie Year, and we're going to talk about some TV miniseries. We're going to do like what we usually do with our trailer episodes, uh, but do it for TV miniseries because Jason really wanted to talk about some TV shows. Yeah, Dave, I, I think, I don't even know if miniseries are a thing. Limited series are the thing now, Dave. Limited so. series. But Is that what we're calling them? I think yeah, so. Yeah, that sounds, it sounds uh, more prestigious or whatever. Uh, right. Uh, and this whole miniseries, limited series thing, Josh, as we've been growing up they've always been there but you know very few and far between uh reached a level of prestige until these last few years where now it's all the rage and everyone's doing them and you and i often talk about like hey 
uh, couldn't have this been a movie or something, whether it's documentary series or these kind of limited narrative series. But they're so prevalent in the TV landscape. And we have so many, you know, not just big actors, content creators, directors like this is as, um, you know, relevant as film in the in the entertainment landscape. And Dave, that's kind of why I wanted to do this. Yeah, and I think that's fair to say. I mean, even if I'm, you know, obviously always going to be like a movie guy, and I do have that same that you two are having the conversation about, couldn't this have been a movie? Uh, people love limited series. I mean, I think people just like to be entertained and it extending into these long lengths like this is just something that people like nowadays. And, and Josh, before you jump in, I just want to say like, you know, a few years ago it was like, Oh, well the, the, the silver screen boom is over. Now it's the television boom. Right. And now I think we're seeing of that, this limited series boom. Yeah. I think you're right in that there are fewer, maybe not uh, Overall, like the limited series haven't overtaken ongoing series or series that are intended to be ongoing. Maybe they don't last as long as they want to. Um, but certainly there are far, far more of these that are meant to be limited stories that have a clear beginning, a middle and an end, often because they're based on true stories or they're based on novels or things that that themselves have a natural endpoint. But my feeling, and I end up watching more of these than I really want to because I write a lot of TV reviews and because these are so prevalent, this is what I end up with as options to write about. And to me, the question of, or the answer to that question of should this have just been a feature film is like 99% of the time is yes. Then yeah. <laughs> virtually none of these justify being as long as they are. And that to me is very frustrating. Well, so my frustration sometimes is you get one and it hits it out of the park and then they're just like, oh, we'll do a second season. And it's like, no, you told the story <laughs> and it was great. Right. And that is the other thing that there are some of these Big Little Lies is a good example or The Flight Attendant where it becomes so successful that they decide they have to extend the story even though they brought it to this clear endpoint. And it just, it's not a good idea. Although I've heard good things about the new season of The Flight Attendant, I can't say on that, but Big Little Lies second season was very disappointing. Right, and and then there's something like Search Party, which we both think is like a brilliant first season. And the subsequent seasons are still entertaining, but like it almost told that story perfectly in season one and that would have been enough for us. Right, I think it's slightly different with something like Search Party or Russian Doll recently where it wasn't billed or intended as a limited series. It just, it was meant as an ongoing series. It just happened to be that the first season got to a point where it was a good ending and and then they ended up continuing it. I think that's a slightly different thing where the creators always intend for there to be more, even though us as an audience, maybe we felt like that was enough the first time. Well, Dave, we'll see if this is a limited series for piecing it together, but I thought it was important to give it a try. <laughs> so we should jump into it. Nice, yeah, absolutely. Nice there, yeah, I like that. I like that. That was good. Uh, yeah, I think the first one on the list is something that seems like it probably was developed as a movie at some point, but uh, we'll see what you guys think. But uh, May 5th, coming to Netflix, it's the Pentaveret. It's Mike Myers back after a long time. We haven't seen him in much, um, but he's got a series where he's playing multiple characters. It delves into secret government societies. Also stars Ken Jeong, Keegan-Michael Key, Debbie Mazur, a bunch of other people. I, I love Mike Myers. Hasn't done much that I really liked in a long time. What do you guys think about this one? What I'm happy about is that it's a limited series that's a comedy because most of these are like, hey, 
I've already listened to the podcast of this true crime situation. Oh, and you already now you made a documentary because the podcast was successful. Oh, and now we're spinning that off into a narrative series, you know, like so it's nice that it's just a comedy. I'm going to watch it. Uh, I didn't think the preview was hilarious, but it's it could be funny. And we just saw that with Murderville, which was a nice, quick, breezy uh, six episode thing on Netflix. So um, I uh, I'm. Think it uh, is promising, Josh? Maybe it's promising. No, it looks horrible. (laughs) I think think the main the main thing. This was probably the worst of them, but I feel like the main thing that I got from watching these trailers is that I don't want to watch any of these shows. But (laughs) this was definitely the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, I'll I'll say that too. Like this looks pretty bad. I mean, I I, like I said, I love Mike Myers. I I I love the Austin Powers movies, a lot of his other stuff, but um, this doesn't look very funny but i i'm i'm curious like we're in a time right now where comedy is kind of a difficult thing there's not a lot of straightforward comedy movies there's not a lot of straightforward comedy shows like this i mean hopefully i'm hopeful let's put it that way yeah i mean people still want to laugh right so yeah so why would they watch this Zowie, wowie. Got him. I'm going to get him. him. I'll just start with the pieces then, Dave. Yeah, let's go to it. Um, Well, I, I, you know, as you mentioned, it talks about Illuminati type, you know, secret government stuff. I thought of the Simpsons Stonecutters episode, you know, we are, we are. Um, When Mike Myers always playing all these characters and talking about the Simpsons, it brings me back to Tracy Ullman where the Simpsons got their birth. And I think Mike Myers has been heavily influenced by Tracy Ullman and her ability to play all these characters. And then the last one, if I'm going to throw out what turned out to be a limited series of uh, six episodes dealing with some kind of um, secret stuff, shall we say, uh, uh, one that I recommend, which I think is on Prime right now, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Yeah, that's a big there's a big cult following for that show. I haven't watched that, but um, definitely. It's weird and funny and strange and you'll hate it. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um, I think is 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 Tracy takes on the most recent the Tracy Ullman her most recent thing where she played like a ton of different characters I think was that I a, think so. a Showtime show maybe I want to yeah. say that or sounds HBO, about right maybe yeah yeah so what do you got next Josh no I mean I I just kind of jotted down things that that occurred to me right away so I mean I wrote Austin Powers because I mean especially as the as those movies progressed, I feel like in each one of those movies, Mike Myers played more characters and you could see his increasing sort of his ego ballooning over the course of those movies where he had to add more Mike Myerses into sure. those films. Each time. What a, what a yeah. cheap pick, man. It is so, so I married an axe murderer you could have gone with. I haven't seen So I Married an Axe Murderer. I know that there's actually a character from that or I think the right. Pentaveret itself is from that, but I haven't seen it. So I did not include that. Uh, the other thing that I thought of was Dr. Strangelove and Peter Sellers playing multiple characters and a lot of conspiracy stuff going on there. And, uh, you know, him playing a range of kind of the straight man, but also the more ridiculous characters. And it seems like that's what Mike Myers is trying to do here. And I know Mike Myers is a huge Peter Sellers admirer. As am I. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I, I had Dr. Strangelove on my list as well. Uh, you know, also the the visual of these world leaders sitting around a big shadowy government table. Uh, also, Nutty Professor and other things Eddie Murphy has done with multiple characters. Yeah. Um, also, I just threw the Matrix in there, just uncovering the secret truth about the world. So, uh, you know, a few different things. And by the way, I, I noticed Jason brought TV shows as all of his picks there. I mean, we'll have a 
good solid mix of TV and movie for what's inspiring all these things. Yeah, I love it when Mike Myers goes, "My wife." Right. Yeah, that could absolutely be an influence as well. The, uh, oh yeah. Uh, is it uh, who is America or what is America? The recent... That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who is America? So, who is America? so let's move on to something that'll be a lot more serious. Uh, on HBO Max, it's The Staircase uh, with Colin Firth and Tony Collette. Uh, also, a bunch of other people: Michael Stahlberg, Julia Binoche, Parker Posey, who I haven't seen in anything in a while. Uh, based on a true story, uh, the court case after the death of Kathleen Peterson, and all this constantly unraveling layers about the truth that came out of that court case. This is kind of in line with a lot of what these uh, miniseries have been lately, limited series. Well, but talking about the influences, The Staircase, the documentary limited series, was one of these that kind of ignited this boom, I'd say, right here. Yeah. So, and that's on Netflix, Josh, I'm thinking. Yeah, it is now. I mean, it was, it, it, like you said, it ignited the boom. It started before Netflix existed. And I think it was it was the French filmmakers who made it. And I think in the U.S. it ended up on like the Sundance channel or something fairly obscure. And then over time, as the case continued to unfold and the filmmakers came back to it and made more episodes, Netflix did pick it up. And I think there's like 13 episodes of it that were made over the course in batches over the course of like 14 years or something. That's awesome. So let's put the up series as uh, an influence for me right off the bat of, you know, um, uh, what's the filmmaker who did the up series, Josh? My Michael Apted. Yeah, where he followed those kids, seven up, 14 up, and just kept making movies about them. And then, Josh, you had already mentioned Big Little Lies. This definitely has a Big Little Lies feel to it. And the last one I mentioned was a film on HBO about a documentary team following a real-life family, which was Cinema Verite with Tim Robbins, James Gondolfini. I forget who played the female lead, but that's an interesting movie. Is it Catherine Hahn, I think, maybe? I could, might, I could be yeah. wrong about that. You yeah, I actually right. had that on my list as well uh, from the directors of American Splendor, which I think we talked about on Awesome Movie Year when we did an episode on American Splendor. And the idea of making a narrative film about the making of a very famous documentary film, which is clearly what's going on here, that the making of the documentary is being incorporated into the story that they're telling here because it was such a major influential true crime documentary and came out at a time when there weren't like a million of those coming out every week. And so it got a lot more, uh, a lot more attention. So yeah, I had that on my list. And the other thing, I mean, there's so many of these true crime series, but honestly, this to me looked like sort of the the boilerplate version of it. So I put on my list uh, Law & Order True Crime, which was Law & Order's effort to capitalize on this. And it was a, a narrative series. It was actually, it was about the Menendez brothers trial, but it was very oh, much yeah. in like the sort of bland Law & Order mode. And this this honestly looked a bit, despite the the very talented cast, and that had, I think, Edie Falco as the main star as the, the lawyer or... I think she was. Anyway, I don't know. I watched multiple episodes of it and remember nothing about it, which seems like something that will happen if I ever watch The Staircase. It's a good deep cut. Now, Josh, were you a Lyle or an Eric? <laughs> like as a person or as a fan? I don't know, really. Either way, I don't want to answer that question. Uh, I'll go to another HBO Max uh, limited series, The Undoing sure. with Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. Uh Feels very much like that. And then this might be like completely wrong minded here, but I was thinking of Richard Linklater's Bernie 
uh, about a guy who everybody thinks killed this mean old rich woman for money. And it seems like there's some of that uh, going on here with Tony Collette's character. Could be. Maybe. We'll see. So let's move on to May 9th on Hulu. We've got Candy uh, with Jessica Biel as the titular character. It's a five-episode limited series about a woman who kind of lives this uh, perfect 1980s home housewife life, uh, but then snaps. It's from the producers of The Act, which uh, means that it's probably going to be pretty weird and out there, I guess. Also stars uh, Melanie Linsky. Uh, what do you guys think about this one? Is this based on a true true crime or a podcast? Yeah, this yeah. is another true crime. I don't know if there was yeah. a podcast, but there was a real case that it's right. Based on. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, Hulu's really leaning into that. So, yeah. you know, uh, Melanie Linsky obviously uh, is already in like one of the great shows going right now, Yellow Jackets. So and uh, it'll be interesting to see Jessica Biel as like a dramatic lead. In something like yeah. this. Yeah, she did that show, The Sinner, or the first season of it that a lot of people liked, which was another, that wasn't a true crime series, but it was another uh, crime. It was sort of like, it was an anthology-esque. Bill Pullman played this detective who took on different cases in each season, and she was the main, like, suspect or murderer or whatever in the first season of it, and she did some mm. pretty serious stuff there. Okay. Well, I'll go with my first puzzle piece, uh, which nobody has mentioned. It's called Richard Lakeletter's Bernie. Um, <laughs> but I did think that because Candy seems to be this well-liked person uh, with secrets who commits a murder. And I mean, and in that small town setting. And obviously, Dave, we both have that etched in our head because it's one of his best movies, right? So, it's so good. Yeah. So um, I had that. And then my other piece was... Um, well, I just thought, it, it, and I think it's almost more of a contemporary, but you could just throw a dart at your uh, screen, no matter what you, uh, whatever platform you put it on and land on one of these. So I was like, oh, woman, secret, town, murder, the thing about Pam. There you go. Yeah, these are all, uh, I mean, and that's another one of those true crime ones that I think has been really, there was like a Dateline series on it and a podcast about it. And it was a whole ton of things. So, yeah, shockingly, I also had Richard Linklater's Bernie down for this one, which I feel like is wow. a bit more, maybe a bit more so than The Staircase because it has that kitschy feel, the the costuming and, and the style is, is a bit more... Small town. Yeah, and, like all and, that, yeah. And, and The Staircase seems like it's going to be a bit more straightforward and less less stylized. So I do think, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of it at the time, but I do think The Sinner, or at least the first season of The Sinner in terms of Jessica Biel doing this sort of thing could could be on there as well. And then cinematically, I also thought of the Coen brothers blood simple because we've got this noirish feel and it's about the, there's a, a secret affair that they're trying to cover up and that's why they commit the murder. So I hope this series has some Coen brothers feel cause that would be nice. Hey Dave, before you jump in, Josh, have you ever had a secret affair? Why, if I had, <laughs> would I reveal it on the piecing it together podcast? <laughs> What better place? Yeah, not a lot of people here. So, uh, yeah, I also had Coen Brothers uh, on my list as well, Josh. Uh, you know, maybe a little Fargo. Just in general, just weird middle America people getting caught up in crime and sex stuff and you know all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then I don't even know if I've ever seen it, but I threw Serial Mom on my list. Um, is Serial Mom good, guys? I think I liked it 
when I saw it a very, very long time ago. I think we we had talked about it as a potential yeah. awesome movie year episode. Cold classic in like ninety four we were talking about. But we, we about. never that ended up right. doing it. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's I think it's kind of fun, but I don't okay. really remember. Awesome. So we'll move on to May thirteenth on Apple TV Plus. Apple TV Plus has been on fire lately. Uh I agree. So many good shows coming out. They're really hitting their stride right now. Yeah. And uh this is the Essex Serpent with Tom Hiddleston and Claire Danes. It's about a woman who goes to a small town to investigate sightings of a creature and people start blaming her for attracting it looks pretty interesting if nothing else i mean it's not based on a true crime so who's gonna watch this it's based right? on a very sure. it's the other thing it's based on a best-selling super, novel or a supernatural yeah. element right so yeah i think the supernatural element is just like there it doesn't actually exist it's just like a metaphor for right. the patriarchy Huh, interesting, because that will play into my two picks, which are both books, Dave. Get ready. Books. Jason read books. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I picked The Scarlet Letter. um, because Which was also a movie. That's true, with Demi Moore. But, you know, that that whole thing about, uh, I think I picked The Scarlet Letter because of the religious overtones, but also of the idea of a woman taking a power position and how... Uh, unacceptable that is in these right. societies, right? Mm. And then, of course, when you talk about uh, religious uh, overtones and and them just kind of throwing people's lives out, I went with Arthur Miller's play, The Crucible, which is wonderful. Yeah. Also, okay. I think like multiple movies of that, yeah. probably. And, probably, and and probably eventually a prestige limited series on a streaming service. Originally a play book. You know what I mean, man. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, exactly. What do you got, Josh? Well, I, I also kind of went to the, the the gothic novel world and um I I thought of Jane Eyre and I, I don't think I've actually read Jane Eyre the book, but I thought of Carrie Fukunaga's film of it, which has this very like the the sort of cold atmosphere and is set in a similar time period and stars Michael Fassbender, who is sort of like Tom Hiddleston. Um, they're sure. Very similar actors. Um, and Mia Wasikowska, who I feel like could play Claire Dane's uh, sister at some point. So, and that's a great, I feel like underrated movie from Carrie Fukunaga, who is more, much more well-known for uh, some of his other stuff. So I picked that. And then I also thought of Crimson Peak, the Guillermo del Toro film with Tom Hiddleston, which is he- heavily influenced by gothic novels, but is an original story. And actual supernatural things are happening in that film, but definitely they are also kind of metaphorical for the constraints that women face in marriages and with domineering men and all that kind of stuff. You know, Dave, I've never seen either of those. So the value of this podcast has just already proven itself. Both of those yeah. movies I would definitely recommend. Very good films. Good stuff all around, guys. Uh, I will go True Detective um, for, you know, investigations and possible mystical elements, especially season one. Directed um, by? Yes. <laughs> Karen Okanaga. Yeah. There you go. And uh, the other one I had was Sleepy Hollow, the Tim Burton uh, movie with Johnny Depp as Ichabod Crane going to uh, investigate people getting de- decapitated and everybody uh, wants him out of town. So I think there's some parallels there. Sure, why not? Yeah. So, let's go May 15th on Hulu. It's Conversations with Friends, a show about young people's messy relationships with open relationships and polyamory and uh, LGBTQ plus and straight and cheating and love and all the above. 
seems like a popular novel. Yeah. Yeah. Another popular novel. Uh, I wasn't really familiar with any of the people involved in this one. Were you guys? I kind of, you know, cheated my first piece, which I hate doing because I couldn't really place that many pieces, but it is from the people who brought you normal people, uh, which I did watch. So that that's my only reference point to that. Yeah, it's based on a novel by Sally Rooney, who also wrote the novel Normal People. But I mean, in terms of the cast, Jason, you were a big fan of Girls, right? And Jemima Kirk, who's in this, was was one of the main stars of Girls. I was at the beginning. Yeah, well, you watched it. So I definitely recognized her and Sasha Lane from American Honey, which, Dave, isn't that one of your favorites actually I, not a favorite i did like it though but yeah, yeah i knew i recognized her name i just couldn't place it so there you go it's american yeah. honey and yeah. joe alwyn who of course is known for being um taylor swift's boyfriend you mainly. see you Damn, see dave, josh knows his stuff this is why when we when i came up with this idea dave and you're like oh well yeah we should do it i'm like well we kind of kind of have josh on this thing and uh these are the reasons why because Guys, i know we, who taylor swift's boyfriend is yes. and and we wouldn't Yes. So this was, a, like I said, the toughest one for me to really get my get a feel for. I, it felt like normal people before they said it was from the people who brought you normal people. And I like normal people. It's on Hulu. And it, man, it, that that thing exploded. I mean, t- you know, those two stars are working constantly now. So that was one of mine. And then the other one was um, Rumors, the album by Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> Because <laughs> everyone is having sex with everyone and ruining relationships with each other and talking about it. And I don't know if they make any songs about it, but they made a piece of art about it. Yeah, sure. I mean, there is sure. a new song from Phoebe Bridgers in this that they're touting. And uh, I don't know, is Phoebe Bridgers influenced by Fleetwood Mac? I feel like it's possible. Probably. Yeah, I would yeah. think so. Sure. Close enough. What do you got, Josh? So I have not watched Normal People, although, like Jason said, it was a huge phenomenon. And the the book, I mean, both of these novels, Sally Rooney is like a major, hugely popular author, and both of those books have been very, very popular. So, um, but given that this is about the messy relationships among post-college friends, this is kind of, a. it looks like they're like in their early 20s or whatever, this is like immediately post-college. But I thought of Friends from College, the awful awful Netflix series from Nicholas Stoller that was about a group of college friends and their messy relationships later in life, like probably almost like 15 years after college or something, but they're all, they're all still connected and they're all sleeping with each other and cheating on each other. And it's, I think it got a couple of seasons. It's very bad. Don't watch it. Um, And uh, the other thing I thought of was another uh, TV series about, uh, you know, messy, relationships, a show that I feel like most people don't remember, but I remember really liking, at least at first, called What About Brian? that was produced by J.J. Abrams, starring Barry Watson, and was very much about, uh, I mean, it was also further post-college, probably people in their like late 20s, maybe, but still who were figuring themselves out or early on in their marriages or whatever, and there was a lot of overlapping cheating and flirting and breaking up amongst these various friends. So it was a show that started out really, really well and then kind of fell off really quickly. But I remember briefly loving it. How long did that show last? I think it lasted for two seasons. And I think like the first half of the first season is worth watching. All right. 
Well, you went with friends from college. I'm going to just go with friends. Uh, maybe like a low-key 21st century, more dramatic version of friends. Everybody's sleeping with each other and breaking up and getting back together and all that. Uh, the other thing, a movie I haven't seen in at least 20 plus years, Henry and June. I thought of that, about a woman having a sexual awakening by having affairs with both a husband and a wife um, while on a vacation to Paris. Like I said, there's a lot of open relationships happening here, so I thought of that. I haven't seen that. I'm ready for a sexual awakening. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to The Time Traveler's Wife on HBO Max, a new adaptation of the best-selling book about a guy uh, in love with a woman, but he keeps time traveling against his will by accident. It's not like a superpower, he says. It's more of a condition. Uh, it stars Rose Leslie and Theo James. Um, I know there was a movie of it with Rachel McAdams and Eric Bana like 10 years ago. Yeah, it feels like it wasn't that long ago, but I think it must have been because I feel like I remember it when I worked at Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't so then, seen yeah. I haven't seen the movie, but it seems like maybe people who are fans of the book thought that the movie was not a good adaptation of it. Right, and I, I you know, again, it's a huge uh it was a huge novel and this one it looks like it could be all right like as far as it goes it looks like it could be better than the movie at least right well i, I mean maybe i don't know i haven't seen uh i haven't seen the movie but uh i don't know right away like all the crappy old age makeup on theo james in the trailer i was like no i'm out <laughs> yeah i don't know if i'm gonna watch it but um i'll tell you what i did watch it's one of my pieces that's out now is everything everywhere all at once. And this kind mm. of who fits where, uh, where does the love fit in which universe or whatever. I thought that was one. Obviously, this element, Josh, a uh, show that we both used to like Lost. And that's the show Lost. And mm. uh, there was some <laughs> element of uh, time travel or dimensional travel in there. And, you know, um, it seems like Rose Leslie is Theo James's constant, much like Penny was Desmond's constant there. Totally. And and I would be remiss if we were doing something on because uh, there's some crime element in here. It looks like is there? I didn't catch that. Yeah. Well, I put time cop anyway. <laughs> time cop. All right. Oh, I yeah. I doubt that this will have any similarities to time. You cop. know, maybe I put it in because in time cop, if you ran into yourself, you like disintegrated yourself and ceased to exist. But here, it looks like Theo James and Theo James exist in the same. Yeah, plane. they clearly coexist together yeah. just fine in multiple scenes in this trailer. So, whatever. <laughs> but I'm all for any mentions of time cop. Absolutely. Yeah. So what um, do you got, Josh? So. Well, so I never saw the the Time Traveler's Wife movie. So instead, I picked another movie starring Rachel McAdams as a woman in love with a time traveler, which is about time with mm -hmm. Domhnall Gleeson, which is is a very similar premise, although he does time travel on purpose in that movie, I think. Yeah, I almost put that on my list there, Josh. Yeah, I mean, there's multiple. There's a, like a great letterbox list of uh, movies starring Rachel McAdams as the love interest of a man who time travels. And it's yeah. like, you can add about time and time traveler's wife and midnight in Paris and Dr. Strange. She's really done it a whole bunch of times for some reason. Wild. Yeah. Um, and so I was so, sort of searching, but, um, the other thing I put on here was the movie, the age of Adeline with Blake lively. And you definitely get the, the sense here in the idea of like one character aging and the other character not, and they're in love. And I mean, here it's because he's popping in at all different times and they both are actually aging, but they just encounter each other at different ages. But that movie, Blake Lively is immortal for some reason and uh, has a love interest. And, you know, everyone that she's in love with uh, gets older and dies, but she doesn't. 
and uh, another pick that's like, don't see it, it's bad, but it has some similarities <laughs> here. I could totally see Blake Lively having played the time traveler's wife at some point. Yeah, it seems like a good fit for that. Yeah, uh, about time was a puzzle piece on our everything everywhere all at once. Episode. I think I probably put it in there. Yeah. Well, uh, everything everywhere all at once was on my list as well. Of course, uh, the other thing I thought of was the fountain. Uh, Darren Aronofsky's movie, a guy trying to save his wife from dying in three different incarnations of of their lives. Um, weird, great movie. Um, yeah. It, this is going to be a weird one. I, I don't really know what to think. I, I was also thinking, is The Lake House kind of a romantic comedy with time travel? Yeah, is, is that... it a comedy? I don't know if it's a comedy. Or not not comedy, a, ro- a romance, I should say, yeah. 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 I haven't seen that. Something I might have recommended on uh, piecing it together earlier this year is Vigil, um, which is not a piece, but Rose Leslie is one of the leads in that, and I highly recommend that. That's a great limited series about a murder mystery on a submarine, on a military submarine. Mm, sure. Okay. No time travel in that one, though. No. Well, I said travel. it's not a puzzle piece, but it's got Rose Leslie, and you guys should. It's worth watching if you're looking for yeah. a good limited series. So. Cool. Nice. Sure. Awesome. Let's go to Angeline on Peacock on May 19th, starring Emmy Rossum as a woman who was trying to become a celebrity in the 80s and bought all these billboards for herself to put up uh, pictures of herself in sexy outfits and just kind of will her way into being a celebrity. Um, this one I thought looked like the best of the bunch this month. It looked kind of fun to me. Do you remember Angeline? I don't. Well, she was only in L.A., so if you didn't live in L.A., you wouldn't really know about her, I would think. I feel like I did. Was it the 80s or was it the 90s? Well, I think it was – that's a, like part of the point is that it. I think they still have Angeline billboards in L.A. She just keeps going. Yeah. She just yeah. has never given up. Yeah. Uh, okay, because I used to live in L.A., so maybe right. that was a thing. It does look yeah. fun. And Emmy Rossum, uh, you know, and a good supporting cast it, – it, it, at least there's some levity in this thing, it looks like. You know, it's going to yeah. probably be too serious at points, too. But at least there's some sunny California vibe to it. Sure. What do you got for pieces, Jason? A podcast, Once Upon a Time in the Valley, which is all about how Tracy Lords got into porn and, you know, her desire to become a huge star and how very Los Angeles that is. And then... I mean, dude, how far away are we from a limited series of it? But I put the E show, the Anna Nicole Smith show, you know, (laughs) which is going to definitely be a limited series, a podcast, a movie, whatever it is at some point. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I thought this looked kind of fun. But this was one of those things where it's like if this was a movie, I'd say, oh, that looks fun. I want to see it. Do I want to see six, eight, ten, whatever hours of this? No, I do not. I do not. Yeah, I, I was also thinking like, you know, obviously I'm such a movie purist, but it, like it's kind of like a melancholy sad that this woman wanted so badly to be a big star and never got her movie. She's going to get a Peacock series. Yeah, like that, <laughs> and that's... someone else playing her. Although I assume she'll have like a cameo in it's, it or something. There's that line in it. It's like, I don't want to be famous for what I do. I want to be famous for who I am. And it, that's kind of an interesting, you know, social media relevant take of someone who was not uh who was uh you know as they mentioned before the days of social media right they're clearly trying to connect it with social media influencers and stuff like that that we have today yeah Um, for sure so my piece is i thought of i tanya especially because you see in this trailer they're obviously doing the kind of like faux interviews where the people are giving different accounts of like that didn't really happen it was like this and that's definitely something that you have a lot in i tanya as well as that kind of 
satirical tone that it has going for it. And then talking about the adult industry, Jason, I think you came up with maybe some better ones than I did, but I thought of The People versus Larry Flint as as a movie about unlikely success in that industry and how uh, it you know can lead to problems or whatever. So I haven't seen that movie in a really long time, but I, I do remember enjoying it. Right on. Yeah, I also had I, Tanya on my list as well. It, it definitely has that same kind of style. And plus, like you said, the like the fake talking head documentary uh, segments. Uh, and then I also had Keeping Up with the Kardashians for the whole like, you know, why are these people famous kind of thing. Uh, it makes for, you know, kind of crazy true story. So moving on to what most people are probably the most excited about this month is Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus on May 27th, the latest Star Wars spinoff. It's got Ewan McGregor reprising his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is something fans have been just begging for for many, many years. Uh, Also has Hayden Christensen returning, also Rupert Friend, uh, Joel Edgerton, Kumail Nanjani, I believe is in it. It looks like a Star Wars show. What do you guys think? Yep, it looks like a Star Wars show. <laughs> what do you got for uh, pieces? I mean, Jason? it's you know, it's the Matrix. Obi Wan's trying to find the one, and then that that kind of world that they seem to uh, somehow tr- travel to feels very Blade Runnery. So those were my two there. Yeah. yeah, I also had Blade Runner, specifically Blade Runner twenty forty nine where you've got the older, you know, version of a character. Obviously, this is like not the oldest version of Obi-Wan, but the older version of the character that Ewan McGregor played in those Star Wars prequels. And at least in this trailer, and it's hard to say, especially because with these, a lot of times these trailers come out and all the scenes are from the first like five minutes of the first episode because they don't want to give anything away. Um, But it seemed like there was not a lot of Obi-Wan in the Obi-Wan show. And so that was why I also thought of that where Harrison Ford is really touted and he's barely in that movie and they just kind of have, he's hiding away and they go find him. Um, So I thought of Blade Runner 2049. And I mean, you know, Jason's going to get me like when I mention Austin Powers, but you know, the Mandalorian is clearly the influence here. And I think the Mandalorian more so than like Star Wars movies or even the Star Wars prequel movies that Ewan McGregor previously appeared in, because that's like the model for how they want Star Wars to work right now. And it's like, oh, we're off in this sort of other corner of the galaxy and exploring this different Uh, area away from like the center of the power struggle that's going on. And even though Obi-Wan is a central character to that whole saga, he is at this point in the story off in this little backwater area. And that's what they're going to explore. So clearly they want to emulate the Mandalorian in like every one of these Star Wars. I mean, and also Marvel, because it's, you know, the Jon Favreau model of building a universe. So what do you guys want to see Jon Favreau tackle next? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I... uh... Maybe. <laughs> oh, no. We, we like John Favreau. I do. I do. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I also had Blade Runner on my list. I mean, that's the one non-Star Wars thing I even thought of while watching this this trailer. But uh, yeah, I, I thought a little bit of Mandalorian, a little bit of when they're trying to find Luke Skywalker in the beginning of the new trilogy of Star Wars movies. It, it's just so much Star Wars just on top of Star Wars. Yeah, I think that's the thing, too, is that you go back to the original Star Wars and George Lucas is influenced by all of these things from his childhood. And now Star Wars is only influenced by itself and it's very insular. Yeah. But 
that seems to be what fanboys want. So yeah. uh, it'll probably be incredibly popular. I'm sure so. it will be. <laughs> so our last one for the month on May 31st, it is Pistol on Hulu. It's produced by Danny Boyle, and it is a series about the sex pistols. Uh, stars Toby Wallace as Steve Jones, Anson Boone as John Linden, Christian Lees as Glenn Matlock, Jacob Slater as Paul Cook, and Lewis Partridge as Sid Vicious. Uh, it's based on Steve Jones' memoir. You know, Josh, I have to wait till the end of May for it, but I want it right now. <laughs> that was awful. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. You guys have no appreciation for the Sex Pistols. I'm excited, dude. Danny Boyle. British punk. This is all stuff I love. Come on. Yeah. By the way, the uh, the creator of it co-wrote this Elvis movie that's coming out uh, this Which summer. Looks that horrible. That Elvis so movie. bad. The Baz Luhrmann Elvis movie. Oh uh, right, right. Yeah. Right. But I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I like Sex Pistols. So. Yeah. Well, and Danny Boyle is not just a, he's the director of every episode of this. I oh, think. did he he's direct not, every? He's episode? not just the producer. I think he directed okay. the entire thing. Okay. Well, that's that actually makes me a little more excited to see it. So. Yeah. Yeah. So look, every time I can bring up 24-hour party people, I always do because it's one of the great indie movies of ever and, uh, you know, kind of talks about the birth of the punk scene and everything, So, um, including this. And um, so I always put that in there. Um, and then, you know, um, these kind of British downtrodden people who are fighting against the government or saying something against their government, I always like to go back to another one of my favorites, Billy Elliot. So I'm going to give you those two and let you guys take the floor. Yeah, I also had 24-hour party people uh, down, which is, I agree with Jason, a great, great movie. And I thought of also in terms of music biopics, Velvet Goldmine, Todd Haynes's film about fictionalized versions of David Bowie and Iggy Pop, which are from the similar time period. And clearly a tribute. I mean, whether this is good or not, and I feel the same way about this that I feel about Angeline. If this was a movie, I'd be excited about it. I'm not excited about eight to 10 hours of it. You know, as Sid and Nancy, obviously, you know, you could have put sure. it in there and that's, a, sure. and that's a good movie, but it's tough to also capture the power and energy of someone, of a group like the Sex Pistols who packed it all into two and a half minutes over 10 hours, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, I, Sid and Nancy, of course. Uh, what about The Decline of Western Civilization, which I never actually have seen, but um, I would love to watch it one of these days. Uh, the other thing I, I put down, I mean, maybe not specifically an influence, but uh, ever since Bohemian Rhapsody, it seems like they've greenlit 900 music biopics. So I think it'll probably come up for every one of these as these projects start coming out. Yeah. I've seen the decline of Western civilization part two, which is the mm -hmm. one about hair metal. And, uh, it's, it's great. Like, uh, that'll probably be a, a limited series too. And, uh, I can't wait to see who yeah. plays like, you know, Stephen Piercy from rap. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah. Angeline yeah. is not that far off with that. True. 80s sunset true. true. Sure. You know, I want to just say having kind of gone through these, the Essex Serpent really stands out now that we've kind of gone through these as like something original and something maybe we can sink our teeth into. And uh, it just kind of goes back on like Apple TV is on a real hot streak right now. Yeah, there's been some good stuff there. And I agree that that stood out aesthetically and story wise. And there was some intriguing mystery to where you watch the trailer and you think, oh, there's something more going on here that I might want to actually check out. So. We'll see. Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. I, I think it is probably the standout here. 
But yeah, this was a, this was a fun little experiment to try talking about some limited series. We'll see uh, if people enjoy this episode. Maybe we'll continue doing it. There's obviously no shortage of shows to talk about in future months. So guys, thanks so much for doing it. Let's uh, get some plugs going. What's going on awesome movie year right now? Well, Josh, as you know, no surprises to you. We're finishing up season 11 here. 1980, we got a few more in the can, uh, including Best Picture, uh, which is Ordinary People. And I'll also say uh, we're looking forward to the Cult Classic episode, which is going to be cruising. Then season 12, as I mentioned earlier this week on Piecing It Together, I'm as excited for that season as any season that we've done. We're not revealing it yet, but it's going to be great. Yeah, Jason, Jason, you got it all in there. I think we've had a lot of cool, interesting stuff to explore in 1980. Things that would have been limited series had they been made (laughs) in 2022. So yeah, what year.com, Awesome movie pod on uh, Twitter, awesome movie year on Facebook and Instagram. Check us out there. Tell us what you think about movies. Don't talk to us about limited TV series. We don't want to hear it. Yeah, yeah, that's it's not awesome limited series here, Josh. No, because that doesn't yeah. exist. There are none of those. <laughs> we'll 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 spin we'll spin it off in a year or two. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys want to uh, throw in some plugs for your own websites? No, no. Okay. I mean, we could. We'll just... You know, follow us on. You know, we were on the social media. Our websites are bad, but I don't know. I'm at Josh Bell hits everything on Facebook. At Signal Bleed on Twitter. Yeah, follow me. Fine. Pay attention to me. I'm going to follow you in plugging my socials, Josh. Jason Harris Comedy or Jay Harris Comedy on all of them. Awesome. Well, again, thanks, guys, for being here and for doing this. And uh, everyone listening, let us know what you think. I'm Josh Bell. And I'm Jason Harris, and we co-host a podcast called Awesome Movie Year. Each season, we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. We deep dive into these specific years, and we pick out why they were such great years for films. We go over the biggest hits, the biggest flops, the best pictures, some personal picks, some cult classics. Years we've covered in past seasons include 1994, 2003, 1977, and 1984, and we've got all of film history to look forward to. So check us out at awesomemovieyear.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jason Harris and Josh Bell about some upcoming TV miniseries, miniseries, limited series. I, I can't seem to get that right. I'm just... Uh, from a different generation, I guess, guys. I don't know. But uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed that. If you do, uh, definitely let us know. And then maybe we will continue to do it every month. We will see. Uh, maybe we'll do it quarterly. Maybe we'll do it. Who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens. This show is always going to be a movie show first. But, uh, you know, it's fun to know what's going on in the world of TV as well. Uh, I, myself, I don't make time for tv i don't know what it is like there's so many shows i want to watch i haven't seen the most recent episodes of uh it's always sunny in philadelphia one of my favorite shows i'm so behind on that uh dave i didn't get a chance to watch the last season atlanta i didn't get a chance to watch this new season that just came out so many shows that i love i just don't ever make time for but you know occasionally i do find a show and actually make time for it and maybe i'll end up watching some of these shows that we just talked about today. But anyway, uh, 
mostly movies for me. So uh, if you enjoy the show, make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you really enjoy the show, rate and review us. We would really appreciate it if you did that over on, you know, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Good Pods, Podchaser, wherever you can rate and review five stars. We'd really appreciate that. Of course, share the show. Engage with us on social media at Piecing Pod or join our Facebook group Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. If you really love the show, we also have the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post bonus content from Piecing It Together, as well as advanced content. You'll get some episodes on there before they hit the main feed. Uh, also stuff from Awesome Movie Year and stuff from my music career, which, by the way, I just uh, was digging around the other day and found another thing to release, so I just got to get it prepped for release but uh it's gonna be an exclusive soundtrack album for a film uh kind of like my last official album release the dissection table another film these things happen sometimes but things that i score the the film gets finished or close to finished or whatever and just doesn't come out and uh yeah i've got another one that i'm going to be able to release as a complete thing to listen to even though the film's who knows where that's at so uh yeah that that's going to come to uh my patreon as a special exclusive thing so lots of great stuff over there on the produced by david rosen patreon it's patreon.com slash by david rosen and speaking of my music we're talking about tv shows on uh, this special episode so I was thinking about some of the music of mine that has been used in various TV shows over the years. I have music in these music libraries, and these tracks get licensed to various shows. And uh, there's a show called Homicide Hunter that's used a bunch of my music over the you know past few years. A lot of my music's dark, so most of the shows that end up picking up my music are Homicide Hunter, or Murder This, and Kill That, and death and this and all that so anyway uh this is a piece that i had originally made for a short film uh but then ended up putting in libraries and uh yeah I, i'm pretty sure it was played on homicide hunter it's kind of hard to track where which tracks are being played it's a very weird game the the whole uh career path of trying to be a music composer but anyway i'm pretty sure this one it was definitely used on some shows i'm pretty sure that was one of them Anyway, yeah, it's out there. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, we'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.